Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can please uh, turn with me as we make our way through 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're picking up in verse 12. So we're going to be looking at verses 12 to 14. The title of our message is The Way of Peace, The Way of Peace. One of the benefits that we have as believers, as Christians, is that God gives us his peace. We have the peace of God. That's one of the first things that happened to me when I gave my life to Christ. I realized I had peace, the peace of God in my life. Also, as you know, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross. So we have uh, this peace with God, the enmity, the separation that sin brought in our lives was removed by Jesus. So we have peace with God. We have the peace of God, the peace with God. But daily, there can be things that come into our lives that would try to rob that peace from us. And we have to beware of that. We have to you know, see what is there in our life that's trying to take that peace away from us? Because the enemy's a liar. The enemy's crafty. There's a spiritual battle that we're all in. So there's going to be those things that are going to try to come in. So here in our text, it's one of the things that Paul's going to talk about, about having peace among ourselves and, and having that peace of God. There's going to be some practical things we can do here. So I'm going to ask if you could just please stand with me again. I'm just going to read the, the text that's before us. <clears throat> again, 1 Thessalonians 5. I'm going to read verses 12 to 14. This is Paul the Apostle. He's talking to uh, new believers in a city called uh, Thessalonica. And he says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are, can we say that word out together? Unruly. Comfort the? Uphold the? And be patient with all. all. Somebody added men, but it's all, yeah. <laughs> so Lord, bless this text in front of us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. As we have a reminder, Paul the Apostle is talking to, writing to new believers in a city called Thessalonica. That's a city in modern-day Greece. We've been looking at this uh, for some weeks now. Uh, he wants to be there to minister to them. He wasn't able to go back. He was only there three Sabbaths, right? Many came to Christ. So he's writing this letter. Uh, chapter four and five, I really loved going through uh, because it talks about eschatology, end times. We've been looking at the rapture of the church. We've been looking at the day of the Lord, the time of tribulation, what's gonna happen on this earth. We looked at, we've been looking at things biblically uh, that point to the fact that there's a good possibility the rapture might happen at any time. So we, we talked about that. We talked about our glorified bodies, when we receive our glorified bodies. So we've been looking at uh, eschatology here in the last, uh, with chapter four and five. We have here before us, we just read, is a little shift. He's bringing practical uh, things in the church. So he's writing to a, a new church, new believers, and he's bringing practical helps. And he's talking about having peace among ourselves. So I wanna go back into the text again, look a little closer, verse 12. And notice right off the bat, he says, and we urge you, can we say that word out loud? Brethren. Paul the Apostle uses the word brethren in his writings, I'm told, as I've read, uh, some 60 
uh, plus times. Why do I point that out? We're family, brethren, brother. We're, we're part of a family. I, I love the fact when we started here at, uh, in Sunset Beach in this community, finding out uh, that we're the only church they've ever had in over 100 years. We're their only church, and we found that out. And we started as a small family. There was two, actually two families that, that were there at the church, right? And then uh, the two families had an argument. One family left, so we had our first church split right off the bat. I mean, it was, it was crazy. But then our family grew, and then we outgrew the women's club. Then we went to Peter's Landing, and we outgrew that facility. Now we're here, and it looks like we're almost outgrowing this place, okay? So, but the family's growing, but listen, we're still family. Paul's reminding us, brethren, we're family. God is the father, but in the families, we're going to look at God has called leadership called pastors, teachers to be leaders. And so we have instruction in the church. So as a family, we're to recognize those who labor among you and are, can we say that, over you in the Lord and admonish you. I, I want to bring some definition to these words. Uh, so we're to recognize, means pay attention to the pastor teacher. The, so that's a good exhortation for you today. Pay attention, wake up, to acknowledge them, to cherish them. So basically, to realize and know the importance of those that are in leadership over us. It's very important. What are they to do? So this is how you know if you're, you're sitting under a good leader. They're to admonish you, because this is what, in context, it means provides instruction to caution. People wonder why I talk so much about what's going on in our culture today, what's happening in the news today. Why? Because I want to caution you to also to warn, to exhort, to teach, to, to bring, uh, to uh, reprove, gentle reproof. So that's a good leader. If that's not happening in the church, uh, you're, you're to find another church because that's what the pastor's to do. He's to teach the Bible, warning people what's happening, admonishing people in the Word of God. So the, the exhortation in our text is pay attention to them, acknowledge them, realize the importance. I was blessed to uh, be an assistant pastor under Pastor Chuck Smith for some time, and I considered him my pastor. I realized the importance of having him as a pastor. Matter of fact, when I would talk to him, I would tell him, Pastor Chuck, thank you. Thank you for being true to the Word of God. Thank you for being that person that goes through the Bible, interpreting Scripture with Scripture. And I, I realized the importance of that. And so that's what our text is telling us here, to, to realize the importance of it. But let's look a little closer. So again, who labor among you, these are the, the leaders, they're over you in the Lord, who admonish you, who warn you to, to recognize them. Think through this though. These are new believers, right? We've been talking about that for some weeks now. So Paul's not there. He's not the leader in the church right there. He's, he had to leave. Remember, he was only there three Sabbaths, about three weeks, right? He's driven, he, they drove him out, the, the Jewish religious leaders. They, they didn't like him. Remember, we looked at that. So think through this with me. So what's happening is among the new believers, there's somebody there teaching the Bible. There's somebody there that's in leadership. So I could see it's only been three weeks. So they're basically all about the same age. They're all new believers. And there's this, probably one of the young, you know, whoever it is, the, it's, he's got this gift of teaching. And he's, he's admonishing, he's teaching. And some of them are probably thinking, I'm not listening to him. He's a new believer. Not only that, I got saved a week before he got saved. I'm older in the faith than he is. It was probably difficult for them to receive. I believe in context, that's why you say, no, 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 pay attention to him. He has a gift. 
And I believe that's important for us to realize. When we give our lives to Christ, each one of us are given a gift. Some are given gifts of, of pastoring and teaching, exhortation, prophecy. We're all given different gifts. So, so to not, you know, so I believe the correction is taking place. Very possible, Paul the Apostle, when Timothy was, was there with them, probably came back and says, hey, you know, we've got a little bit of a problem here. They don't want to receive from this guy because they believe he's, he's new in the faith and they can't listen to him. And so Paul said, no, 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 pay attention. Is he teaching the word of God? Is he warning through the word of God? Pay attention to what he has to say. When I was at Costa Mesa Calvary with under Pastor Chuck and was new on staff, one of my first appointments, I had a counseling appointment. We would do biblical counseling. And I didn't even have an office yet. So I was in the main sanctuary. I sat down and the gentleman came in and this older gentleman came in and gray hair and he looked at me and he goes, whoa, he's like, he had a shock look on us. So he goes, you're young. And I was like, I think like 37 years old, 38 years old at the time. And, and so he, he's looking at me, he goes, well, I, he goes, you know, uh, Romaine used to pastor, he used to counsel me. And he says, I don't know. He started backing away from me. And I says, well, listen, you know, Romaine passed away, you know, right around that time. I says, okay. I said, listen, I go, I get it. I said, I'm younger. I says, but by the grace of God, I'm called to be a pastor teacher. I love the word of God. Hopefully you're here to hear what God has to say through his word. This is biblical counseling. And so if you want to hear from God through the word of God, I think I can help you. But if you're here to hear a man's opinion, then you're at the wrong place. And he goes, well, no, no, I want to hear from... And I said, I think Romaine, I don't think he gave you his opinion. He went to the word of God and that's what I'll do. So, you know, just you know, sit down, let's talk and let's go through, the, you know, what's going on. And we talked and went to the scriptures, counseled him through the word of God, prayed with him, and then... You could just tell God showed up. And that's what this is talking about. Beware of how we judge people from outward appearance or you know, thinking, are they gifted? Are they called to be leaders? Do you reverence? Do you respect? Do you have that type of respect for them? It's important that we do. This goes great with it. Remember what Paul, this, Paul told young Timothy, you know, picture this. This goes with this where uh, Timothy was a young pastor. So what did Paul the apostle tell young Timothy? He says, let no one despise your what? Youth. Here he's a pastor. Here's a leader. Here he's instructing elderly men and he's telling the elderly men what to do. So he said, oh no, Paul the apostle says, let no one despise your youth, but be in a, a what? Example to the believers in word. Very important. Be an example in the word of God. Walk your, the walk as you're teaching the word. In conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, give attention to, read, to reading. That's the word of God. So this is what pastors should do. They should be reading the word of God to exhortation. Do we exhort in the word of God? Yes. To doctrine, to teaching. Do we teach the word of God? That's so important. That's where it comes from. Young Timothy, don't worry. Don't let, don't, don't let anyone despise your youth. You've got a gift. You've got a calling. This is what you're called to do. Keep doing it. And don't neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy and the laying of the hands, so is given to you of the elderly. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. So they should see the progress as you're maturing and you're gifting and all. Take heed to yourself and to the what? Teaching, back to teaching. But listen to this. This threw me off the first time I read this. Continue in them for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Do you remember the first time you read that? You think, wait, 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 what? If, when you're teaching and you're doctrine, you're going to save yourself? I thought we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. Well, well interesting that word, the word save, so you don't miss it. It means to keep safe or to protect. So by teaching, you're going to protect yourself 
In other words, you're going to be so busy giving over to teaching that you won't have time to get into trouble. <laughs> and you're going to read what God wants and it's going to protect you, but it's also going to protect those that are listening to you because you're warning them, you're instructing them through the word of God. Again, we're each given a gift. I, I want to add this in Romans 12 where it talks about the gifts that we have. So as, as we realize as soon as we get saved, we're given a gift. We can mature in the gift, but we're all given at least one gift. So Paul the Apostle, Romans 12 says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. They're given to us by grace. Let us use them if prophecy, let us, what? prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry that means to minister to serve others let us use it in our ministering he who teaches in teaching real basic he who exhorts in exhortation he who gives a gift of giving with liberality in other words generously he who leads the leaders in the church with what diligence do it diligently he who shows mercy with I love this cheerfulness that, that part, I just have to stop. If, somebody, if you have a gift of being merciful, you know, just God's given you this wonderful gift. You don't want to do it like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm going to be merciful to you. I don't really, no, no, do it cheerfully. God has blessed you. And then one more place, and then we'll move on in this part. It says now, talking about the, the gifts again, now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the, can we say that loud? Church. First, apostles. I think the strictest sense of apostleship is over. There was 12 apostles. So I, I just, I have a little pet peeve when, when I introduce to a pastor, he says, I'm Apostle Joe, or I'm Apostle Peter. And I'm like, the, the strictest sense of the word, there's no apostles. There was 12 apostles, but that's a whole nother teaching. We'll leave that there. Second, prophets. Third, can we say it out loud? After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, and various tongues. Let's go back. Verse 13. So verse 13, it's, so not only are we to recognize them, we're to acknowledge them, but now it goes a little deeper. Look at this. It says, and to esteem them. Can we say that out loud? Very highly in love for the work's sake. We're to esteem them very highly in love. I want to give you some definitions here because to kind of understand what this is talking about in the original language. Esteem means to consider, to account. So you're to consider them very highly. You're to account them very highly. You're to regard them or value them very highly. So it's, you're to you know, realize the importance of that, okay? But very highly means beyond measure, exceedingly high, in love, meaning showing them lots of love. That's my definition of it. <laughs> for their work's sake. So because they're laboring, because they're diligent, because they're teaching, because they're giving their lives over to this, so we're to do this, to esteem them very highly. I have to say, in the church here, I get a lot of that. I, and I'm so blessed constantly. You get people from the church and online, and, and it's just a, a huge blessing. Matter of fact, um, last Sunday, and I'll bring a picture up here, the ladies here. So they gave me a card and, and all. It, it's and this, I'm not saying this for any other purpose, but it's, it's Pastor's Appreciation Month, so they brought me a card, and, and they just, they wrote all these beautiful things, and they explained to me, you know, why they love me, and, and all that, and it was just like, and how, because we're teaching the Word of God here, and, that we, and one of the ladies, and I didn't get permission to say it, so I won't point her out, she looked at me in the eyes, and she says, Pastor, I love you, and she says, I've never loved a pastor before in my life. And I was just like, thank you. That's beautiful. 
And I read through the card and I read through it again. And it, this blesses me. And it, I believe this, um, we're going through the text and this is what we're reading about. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, if they're called, if someone has a calling on their life, you know, admonish them. Look up to them in a good way. Not in a, okay, there's balance here. You know, like when you see people kissing the Pope's ring, that's, that's not what this is talking about. I hope you know that. We're not to place anyone in a position in that type of a way. We're not to bow down to anybody. I've had that happen to me. That's kind of weird. I'm like, well, they're bowing down. No, 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 don't do that. We're, we're only bowed down before the king of kings. We bow our knee to him. But we're to acknowledge and esteem them very highly. That's just biblical. It's a good thing. Why? Because there's a spiritual battle that can take place whispering against those that are in leadership. Do you know that? I can't believe he said that. <laughs> so beware. Last Sunday, we had a couple here from Houston, Texas. My wife uh, had an opportunity to talk to them for a while. And so listen, they're in Houston, Texas. They can't find a church that does what we're doing here. In Te I'm thinking, Texas? I thought they were all, it's the Bible. I thought all Texas was a Bible belt. I didn't know, but they literally, and I, I talked to them after service, and they said, no, there's no church in our area that does what you're doing. Teaching the word of God, interpreting scripture with scripture, and keeping it relevant for today. We can't find a church like that. Matter of fact, this is what they told my wife. They have like seven or eight couples they meet. Well, they watch us from Houston online, and we're their church from online. And so after speaking to them, they're just so grateful. And so I'm like, God, God, you're so good. And so that's what a church is called to do. That's what we're supposed to do. But in contrast, I want to point this out. Ezekiel 34.2 says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. And you know this. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? So this is a rebuke. This is the contrast. So those that, I would say, if you're going to a church and you're just visiting here and the church that you typically go to, they don't teach through the word of God, then the Bible says, woe to you. If you're feeding yourself and you're not feeding the flock, we're to feed the flock. Meaning, as a pastor, all pastors, shepherds should be here taking time with the word of God, spending time in the word of God, interpreting scripture with scripture, going through the Bible. Typically, if a church is not going through scripture, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, typically you can tell after a short period of time where they're leaning. In other words, they might be a, a church of faith. And so mostly what they talk about is faith and everything's all about faith. Or healing. You got these churches, all they talk about is gifts of healing. That's good, healing's great, faith is great. Or you get some prosperity and it's just all prosperity and everything is just, pro God wants everyone to prosper. Really? And so what happens, listen, what happens if you're not feeding the flock, going through the Bible, you're going to get these pet doctrines. You're going to get, you're going to get hung up on this, though, and it's going to come out constantly through the teaching, in their teaching, and it's going to, they're going to you know, t typically gravitate to one or two doctrines, and that's all they typically, they, everything is surrounded with that particular teaching. Beware. The Lord said through Ezekiel, woe to those should not the shepherds feed the flocks? It says, you eat the fat and clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the fatling, but you do not feed the flock. Sheep become healthy when they're fed. The only way we can get fed 
as sheep is through the word of God. Amen? Back in verse 13, it says, be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace among yourselves. In other words, notice in context, he's talking to the brethren. Be at peace among yourselves. One of the greatest ways to be a blessing to leadership is work things out among yourselves. Don't bring every little matter to the pastor. Don't bring every little matter to leadership. Uh, so what's happening, the great exhortation for uh, those that are in the church, be at peace among yourself. Work things out among yourself. Uh, pray it out together. Humble yourself. Go to the person. Put away your pride. Don't try to win the argument. Admit when you're wrong. Realize that we're all on the same team. Realize that there's a battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Realize, listen, there is a demonic realm also here that wants to divide all of us. Communication, prayer, humbling yourself, going to one another. Years back, I remember a gentleman came to me and he says, Pastor, I just have to tell you I've been mad at you for some time. And I says, okay. He says, why? And he says, well, because you said this and that. And I go, okay, I don't remember saying that, but I know I wouldn't have meant that the way you're saying it. I probably meant this. And I explained what I meant. He goes, oh, now I get it. And I said, yeah. I says, well, great. I said, thank you for coming to me. That's wonderful. I, I says, well, how long have you been holding on to this? He goes, about five years. I go, it took you five years to tell me this? And this one's classic. Check this out. I had another person come to me. And he came to me. He says, Pastor, I, I need to tell you something. He says, I don't like how you pray. I go, okay. He says, well, what, what do you think's wrong the way I pray? He goes, well, when you call God, you say, Abba, Father, Daddy. And I said, and? He says, well, that's not scriptural. I says, no, 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 no don't say that because it is scriptural. And I went to the verses I showed him. He says, well, I read in a commentary that you shouldn't do that. And I says, well, who wrote the commentary? And he tells me the person. I go, wait, 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 wait. This is a true story. I go, wait, wait, wait. No, that's a good, that's, I know the commentary. I read those commentaries. He's good. He's a good pastor. I said, show that to me. He went out to his car. He gets his, he get out, he got out his commentary and he starts reading it. And as he's reading, he's like, it totally contradict what he thought he was reading. It was saying we should refer to God as Daddy, Abba, Father. And it's a good thing. He's reading it. And I'm like, he goes, oh, I misunderstood it. And I go, yeah, you misunderstood it. And, he's, and I said, so that's good. I said, thank you for bringing it to my attention, though. Because some people just get this way. And they've got like an attitude towards me. I don't even know why. <laughs> some people can be that way. They can have a criticalness. They're looking for reasons why not to like somebody. Be at peace among yourselves. Paul the Apostle tells the church in Ephesus, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling with which you're called, with all lowliness, important, and gentleness, with long-suffering. That's patience. This is talking about with each other. Be patient. Bearing with one another in. Do you get that? Bearing with each other in love. We have something, and I'm not... We've, something very special that continues to happen here, I believe, is that we're still like a family. But part of making the family work, we've got to bear with one another. We've got to talk to one another. We've got to pray with one another. So bearing with one another in love. But then endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of what? Peace. Endeavoring, that word endeavoring means labor at it. 
labor at it. In other words, you, to keep peace in, whenever there's a, a work of the Holy Spirit and God's putting a family together like he's doing here, you and I have to work at it. It's, it's something we have to work at. It's not just gonna come easy. We have to work at getting along with each other. There's different personalities. We have different gifts. We have different, you know, different ways of leading and directing, and we, we have to work at it. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.